Hi, welcome back to Believe, a Ted Lasso podcast. Must we start every episode with you trying to make me giggle? I feel like that's how we start every episode. I think it brings the right energy to this podcast. <laughs> okay. Two grown men giggling with each other. Isn't that the theme? Start a synopsis. As I was saying, welcome to Believe, a Ted Lasso podcast. I'm Julian. I'm Tom. Hi, everybody. And this is the start of season two. Yes. Excited. We took uh, a long time off. We did some travels. Mm-hmm. We 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 regrouped. Yeah, we went to uh, London. We did. We toured uh, Selhurst Park. We went to the pub where they filmed it. Yep, the Anchor and Crown. We did none of this. No, we <laughs> did not. But we're back to talk about episode one of season two, which is called Goodbye Earl. Now, Goodbye Earl. I was surprised this episode was not about the Dixie Chicks um, song, Goodbye Earl. They're classic. I guess, well, you would know them as the Chicks. Uh, Excuse me. Yes, I know them as the Dixie Chicks. After their rebranding? Yes. No, the episode title, Goodbye Earl. If you have not watched the episode, I would recommend... Please. ...stopping this podcast. At least the first five minutes of the episode. Yeah, and and watch... (laughs) (laughs) Yes, so Goodbye Earl. Written by Brendan Hunt, we will go through the themes of this episode, which are superstition. Every every sports person, I think, is to some extent superstitious. Yeah. So we dive into that. We dive into what Roy is doing. Roy Kent, <laughs> he's here. He's there. He's in retirement. Uh, what he's doing in retirement, as well as this just sets up season two. Mm-hmm. After such a glorious season one, we're into season two. And uh tom i have only watched episode one how many episodes have you watched this i've season only two? watched episode one as well so we are doing this we know that i think the season has been completely finished at this point i think they just released 11 and it's 12 episodes this season oh, they did announce that yeah okay. so we thought it was 10 it's 12 so we're gonna be here for most of them until our wives <laughs> tell us we can't do this anymore uh episode opens up with can i sorry i'm gonna no, interrupt you go before ahead. you even get in yeah when you saw, did you see the title before you watched the episode? Because I saw Goodbye Earl, and I kept racking my brain thinking, Who's Earl? Who's Earl? <laughs> I also saw the episode title, and I wondered, and then I was like, oh yeah, the Dixie Chicks song. It's got to okay, play that's where you that. went. That's okay. where I went. Okay, didn't even know it was. I'm not even sure that song's called Goodbye Earl, but it <laughs> has something to do with Earl and Earl going goodbye. Close so. enough. The internet will fix us. Thank you. <laughs> we start off this episode coming in hot. We're in the middle of a game. Very quickly through the announcers, mm. we find out that we're like seven games into the season. Yep. So we were relegated at the end of season one. In the Championship League. Okay, so at least seven weeks have gone by. Six, I mean, there's six, an off-season and seven weeks of play, right? And off-seasons are notoriously quick in oh, really? European football. Yeah, they seemingly play year-round. There's some breaks kind of in between some of the season where they play, like, international games, international friendlies, getting ready for the World Cup, or Euros is another big tournament that mm-hmm. uh, plays. But, yeah, there's only maybe a month or two off of uh, football, and then, boom, they're right back in it. Right. So, for us in America, typically our summer, we're off from football, mm-hmm. and their their winter is our summer, uh, I believe, based on them being on the opposite end of the poles from us. And I might get this wrong, uh, but I believe the start of the Premier League is in August. Okay. 
I've never looked at a globe before. That was the joke that you totally. Oh, sorry. I was thinking about my retort and not what you were actually saying. Oh, well, classic. Classic <laughs> podcasting. <laughs> so we're on the pitch. We open up with an extreme unibrow close up of our boy Nate. <laughs> Nate's back. It's him, Beard, and uh, Ted on the sideline. And Ro uh, through the announcers, once again, using the announcers, mm -hmm. Roy Rojas, our man Danny Rojas, has a penalty kick. Mm hmm. Something has happened. And there's a mention there from the announcers. I don't know if you caught it, but Rojas apparently saved Colin, whose mistake allowed for some sort of goal oh, no. or something to happen. The announcer makes some comment about how uh, Colin's, oh, I don't know, he Wonder. uses a soccer terms, football terms, as you <laughs> yes, would say. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and so we find out seven straight ties. So they're all nervous because they want to win. Mm -hmm. And if Rojas can score... He's going to get a win. Yep. And then we have the line of, from Nate, is it okay to pray? <laughs> and Ted being the universalist that he is, I'm assuming, uh, although him being from the Midwest, I would question this. He says, yeah, but the witch god in what language? Which is great. Uh, Beard's reply is essentially, it's just as good to wish and cross your fingers. Yeah. So. Well, and it's odd, too, because, like, so Nate and Beard, like, I guess Nate starts it. Nate crosses his fingers. Right. Then Beard crosses his fingers. Lasso looks at both of them, but he keeps his hands in his pockets, which right. I think is interesting because, like, later on we'll see kind of how Ted believes in superstition, seemingly, but he doesn't, he doesn't cross his fingers in this moment. This season, we're going to pay attention to what Ted believes in, other than people mm. and people that believe in themselves. Yeah, and ghosts. And ghosts. And we're introduced to <laughs> Earl the Greyhound, who is oh. on the sideline. Uh, watching this kick happen. Very close to the, the sidelines. Very close to the sidelines. Now, it was great to see Earl the Greyhound come in from season one. Like, we had so much fun with him from season one. <laughs> yeah. Now he's in season two. We've obviously had a long history with him. It's good to see they renewed his contract. Yes. Um, we weren't sure if he was going to... We had those contract disputes between season one and season two, but we're good to see that he, he got those figured out, and boom, right back on the pitch. I'm just so excited to see his story arc yeah. uh, through season two. Yeah. I mean, season one, big deal. Earl the Greyhound. Yeah. He looks like a really, really good boy. He does look like a good boy. Great CGI pigeon. <laughs> um, did you see this coming? <sighs> um, yeah, I mean, yes and no. When the pigeon, like, when you show the dog and they start doing this music and the pigeon, like, I was so afraid they were going to do what they did. <laughs> I was hopeful that he was just going to hit the pigeon and not necessarily the dog. Yeah, this was this is a bold choice by uh, Brendan Hunt to start out this season with murdering a a beloved animal for the franchise. Uh, more professional podcasts than us do this, so I'm going to do this. Trigger warning: if you have issues with dogs being killed by soccer balls, <laughs> uh, turn off the podcast. Okay, <laughs> rewind a little bit. So as the bird starts to fly. Your natural inclination, I thought, was, oh, he's going to smoke the bird. Like, yeah. he's going to hit the bird. Yeah. Uh, watching it with my spouse, she said, I'd already watched it. I got in trouble. I watched it a second <laughs> time with my spouse. She said, oh, he's going to hit the bird. Because yeah. in America, there's a pitcher named Randy Johnson <laughs> yep. who smoked a bird with a pitch. Uh, and it is a replay that everyone should watch once yeah. in their life. And the bird then just explodes. I think it's like a dove carrying an olive branch <laughs> yeah. in its mouth. So she says, oh, they're going to hit the bird. Nope, they do not hit the bird. <sighs> I feel like you didn't need... I, I, 
I mean, I don't know. We could spend an hour dissecting why they decided. You don't think the dog needed to die <laughs> no, by a soccer ball? I don't. I think they could have killed the bird, and you could have had like Rojas be like an an animal or nature lover, and that could have been the same catalyst for him, like needing therapy and needing to do what he does throughout this episode, like. Like when they hit the dog, you don't need the audio of the dog. Also, I didn't like that. Like they could have oh, the just dog cut. yelping. You yeah. didn't like the dog yelping didn't, on camera. Didn't like that. I'll I'll listen. I'll go on record. It's not your ringtone. I'll go on record. I don't like uh, dog murder. Yeah. Oh, that's fair. I don't, I don't like fair. dog murder. Hot take. Uh, doesn't like dog murder, especially in my like comedies. Like I know this is a drama comedy, but man, was this a very harsh way to start a season. This felt like, hey, in the first five minutes, we need to like wreck the audience or bring the audience in i don't know it yeah. happens the dog unfortunately we learned does not make it through dialogue with higgins yeah. keely and rebecca walking down the hallway I after can't, the game i can't say i think they kind of like like peppered it in that the dog was old and like sure. on his last leg sure. if you will oh, i so thought it was a mercy kill <laughs> yeah, exactly. you're saying it's a mercy kill so you're okay <laughs> with it now i'm not saying i'm okay with it i'm just saying I'm trying to give some context and, and make it better, but man, this was just... I'm going to be the hot take ESPN guy, and I'm going to say, why is no one blaming the dog for them not getting their one W? Because <laughs> now they just got another tie. So that's my hot take. Oh, wow. The dog was the issue. Wow. It's fair. Then so we have... We are back with... Oh, and they do flash to the owner's box. So we see, like, Keely, Rebecca, Higgins... Uh, but then they're walking down the hall. Kiwi, Keely, Kiwi, Keely <laughs> now seems to be a part of the PR team, which we knew she was involved last season. Mm -hmm. Now she seems to be very much involved. Uh, and they realized that this clip is going to be all over the internet, which it 100% would. <laughs> well, and Higgins is super excited. Like, oh, we're in the lower lead. They're not going to put it on TV. And he's like, the internet. It's like, oh, no, the internet. Yes. Like, forgot of its existence. Higgins might be incompetent, <laughs> but he's great for a few jokes every now and then. This video 100% would be on E-Bombs World. Do you remember E-Bombs uh, World like, from back in the day? I do. Man, that's a poll. <laughs> You're welcome. Um... I don't know, like, I mean, it would be a viral sensation, sad to say, but, like, I feel like, I don't know, I don't want to keep dissecting the murder of an animal, but, like, when a bird explodes, I don't know why, but I find that a little bit more palatable than a dog getting hit in the head. I think that says more about you <laughs> than the rest of us. That probably... We'll probably move does. on. Okay. All right. Trigger warning over. We're not going to talk about that dog being hit by the soccer ball anymore and his unfortunate demise. Mm-hmm. Until Trent Grimm, Trent Grimm <laughs> brings it up in the next scene. So now we're at the press conference. Sam is apparently getting better. Sam Obasanya, they make a comment. Ted makes a comment about how great uh, Sam is getting every game, and he's filling that Roy Kent hole mm -hmm. phrasing. The, the Roy Void. The Roy Void. Very nice. <laughs> Trent Grimm stands up. Trent Grimm of the Independent. Looking can, so great. Can we agree? I feel like his hair, I didn't think it was possible. His hair is better than it was in season one. Listen. Uh, I'm going to be Trent Crim for Halloween. <laughs> I'm going to get a wig. I'm not going to look nearly as good, but I'm going to be Trent Crim for Halloween, 100%. Oh, beautiful. He asked the people, he asked the question that the people want to know, uh, which is, <laughs> any comments on Earl, the dog Danny Rojas killed today? I feel like there's a better way to phrase that question. I'm and Trent Crim, man. Yeah, Ted acknowledges it. He's like, uh, really... Oh, he brings the heat, man. Brings the yeah. heat. Trent yeah. Crim brings the heat. And then we get this moment where Ted, oh, because Keely was supposed to like write up a statement 
And she mm-hmm. and Ted waved her off. He's like, I've got it. Yeah. So now he's asked about this dog. The music kicks in and Ted tells the story about being attacked by a dog as a child, that he didn't like dogs after that. And then he had to take care of a neighbor's dog who was old. And then he liked the dog. And then he had to put the dog down. And he goes through this whole story and the music plays and we push in on Ted's face. And like, it's a very like, heartfelt moment seemingly Mm -hmm. i'm supposed to feel heartfelt based on the music and the camera work (laughs) and everything and then he says something like i think these things come into our lives to get us to a better place and i hope we help earl do just that we're gonna miss him a whole bunch i did not understand this i was like wait you helped earl get to a better place by killing him yeah ted Ted is justifying puppy murder (laughs) Like, was I wrong in this, though? Wasn't it like a, it was like, and like Trent Krim gives him the, oh man, great Ted Lasso yeah. speech. I was like, wait, what happened here? And there's that seemingly, the new reporter on the kind of the front row who has kind of the follow-up question about mm-hmm. how Danny's doing. They seem to be kind of featuring her. Maybe she'll be more involved in the press room. But it was weird. It's like they were trying to justify this sequence to like be a catalyst for Danny's story in this episode and some of the other stuff. He kind of made um ted makes mention of like it's interesting how like you cry when you think about old moments and then now and then you think about it again and you cry because like the They're moments gone. are gone right like, like that's interesting it's it's profound but it got i mean it just doesn't seemingly fit in this thing and yeah but the idea of saying i hope we helped earl like man like that's a we very, did not help earl <laughs> you did not help the we, dog i would argue you did the opposite uh for earl yeah i'm with you like i, I get with it i mean well, i don't know they if tried I get... to have an emotional moment yeah and like let ted ted do a, a press conference which he's typically very good at mm-hmm. but i got done with the speech and i was like wait what what just happened it was it, it felt was forced forced yeah thank you it was forced tom you have a wave with words sometimes where you can just force them right in there yep May the force to be with you. Yeah. All right. That wasn't one of those moments, but that's fine. <laughs> so then we go. She's like, uh, the, the reporter, she's like, uh, how's Danny doing? And great comedy uh, from Sirius, as Ted Lasso does as a show. We cut to Danny in the shower, fully dressed, <laughs> speaking in Spanish. I should have gotten Google Translate out. Right. Um, I could only catch like Dias, uh, Deus. Uh, I think it's like St. Maria or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's clearly praying and the guys are lined up in the hallway staring at him <laughs> and great conversation. Colin's like, he's going to use all the hot water. <laughs> and that water pressure looked great, by the way. Yeah. It was pretty solid. And uh, Ted tries to help you. He's, he tries to talk to Danny. Yeah, he's like, yeah, you use the soap for the uh, eternal rest on those tough to reach places. <laughs> <laughs> Which is odd. Maybe not a great joking um, time, but yeah. yeah. And, and Ted's advice, you know, he kind of tr- trying to help in the sequence. He tells him, hey, man, don't forget, you know, football is life. Which I thought was interesting because that is like Ted's way to deal with this is trying to help and let him know like, hey, stay positive. Football is life. That's kind of your motto that you're saying. And I think that kind of comes back a little bit later. So, yeah. And Danny is like, I'm washing the death off of me. Which <laughs> is so good. So Come football on. is apparently no longer life for Danny. But no, it's uh, rough. he's taking it hard. Then we're in the locker room and Ted gives the team a speech, calls them all goldfish, a call back to, you know, forgetting their mistakes. Which is funny because this is explained to a new player who is apparently Dutch. His name is... John Moss? I don't think it's John. I guess Jan. Jan Moss? Jan, Jan okay. Moss. 
And Jan Moss, I did not know this about Dutch people, but apparently Dutch people are very direct. Yeah. Did you look this up? I 100% did. Okay. Yeah. I literally typed this in. I'm like, like, are Dutch people direct? <laughs> Google. Yeah. And there are like studies about how, and I, you know, trigger warning for Dutch people, but um, <laughs> it's apparently like they don't feel like they have to spare everyone's feelings. So they will just say what's on their mind. It sounds like everyone's, I don't know, mother-in-law or like that <laughs> relative that makes, uh, not, no, my mother-in-law is wonderful, by the way. <laughs> on record, on this recording, my mother-in-law is wonderful. That was a general mother-in-law comment. Oh, man, I may have to do some editing. You know your mother-in-law listens, don't you? I love you, Bonnie. <laughs> All right, so. Um, hey, wait, wait, say, everybody's got a Dutch uncle. Sure, a Dutch, thank you, thank you. Actually, I, I probably could have gone with father-in-law because he's not going to listen to this. Um, <laughs> Jan brings up that they're like, oh, you got to forget your mistakes. And he's like, well, I didn't play poorly. You played poorly. And he points that out to Colin, who's the one that made the mistake via the announcers, which (laughs) I thought was interesting. Nice. That's a good call. I love the way like Jan responds. He's like, I didn't make any mistakes. I played perfectly. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He's like a Jamie. He's like a Jamie, but a better Jamie. Yeah, he's a Jamie, but he's not. Like like Sam mentioned, like he's just being Dutch. He's yeah. not being a jerky thing Dutch. And that's what's funny is like they've gotten to a point rather than being offended by it, Sam is kind of the guy that like the peacemaker. He's like, hey, he's not being rude. He's just being Dutch. And everyone's like, oh, okay. And they all like forgive him rather than everyone harboring resentment and being weird towards each other. So it is a much better like locker room For situation. Sure. You can tell from it from when we had Jamie and. Uh, I mean, Roy Kent to an extent, just from an anger <laughs> yeah. uh, perspective. I'm definitely going to use that, though. We're going to insult people and just say, hey, just being Dutch. Just being Dutch. Are you Dutch, though? Uh, I probably got like a percent or so. I we need know. we need you to do that like mouth swab thing and send it in. 23andMe. Yeah. We're, we're sponsored by 23andMe this week. Oh, yes. The issue is if you send it in, though, and you murder someone, they've got your DNA. So It's true. Not that I've ever murdered anyone, but I'm keeping that door open. <laughs> that was maybe not a great joke. Um, trigger warning for people who don't like murder. <laughs> um, and then we find ourselves with, uh, I misspelled Nate. Nate, Beard, and Ted in Nate. Ted's office. Uh, and um, Ted is complaining to them. He is so depressed about the karma that is happening here because in their last season game against Man City, he didn't want to tie, and yeah. then he really wanted to tie. And what we're finding out is they've had seven straight ties. Is that right? Yeah, there were like seven straight ties going for eighth to tie the tie that is tied between Swansea and whoever else. Like, the, yeah, yeah Arlo, the Arlo doing all that yeah, was great. It was great. Let me ask you this. So you have explained to us, Americans, previously, mm-hmm. that it's goals scored that count, right? So it's not necessarily ties and wins. It's just goals scored. It's goal differential. So it's how many goals you score, also how many goals you give up. So are they just getting zeros for all these games Correct. then? Because well, I mean, even you if get, they no, score two. You get a point for a tie. Zero points for a loss, one point for a tie, and three points for a win. So but the how goal goals, differential oh, is a tiebreaker. Oh. Just a tiebreaker. Everything is based on points. If you tie with points at the end of the season, then you use that. To so there's a chance they're doing well in the league. Yeah. Like they're scoring goals, but they're just tying every game. But like they're not playing the same team every day or they're, every game. At this point, if they're seven, eight games into the season and they've tied every every game, they're going to be in the middle of the table. You're going to assume some of the, some of the uh, teams have won, some of the teams have lost. If you've tied every game, at least you're getting a point every time. 
Uh, they're probably middle to, to bottom half of the table. Okay, let me run this scenario by you. Bring it. So put your thinking cap on, because this is going to... Let me get an orange. Uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Does it nope. like an orange on nope. a Snickers cap? Never seen it, never read it. So All right, right. <laughs> here we go. So... <laughs> I think you've done both. Um, say Richmond, AFC Richmond, yep. the football club, scores seven goals in their game. Correct. The other team also scores seven goals. Mm-hmm. They tie. Mm-hmm. The next week, Richmond plays a different team. They mm-hmm. score seven goals. Mm-hmm. That team also scores seven goals. <laughs> and then they play another team in a week. Yep. They score seven goals. Okay. That team scores seven goals. Richmond has scored 21 goals. Math checks out. Those other teams on their other games have only scored maybe like two goals. Wait, none of this matters because uh, goal differential is just there for tiebreakers. I was waiting for you to get to oh, it. Oh, man. Can I have my thinking cap back? <laughs> no, you may not. As you were going through this scenario, I'm like, do I need to define what goal differential means? But hey, you got there. You uh, the, got que- there. Uh, the answer to your question, Tom, is yes. <laughs> yes, you sure do. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, we discover that we have... Okay, so Ted is complaining about uh, all the ties. He thinks it's karma, bringing us back to the whole superstition thing. Yeah. Is karma, like, would you say karma and superstition are kind of interchangeable, I guess, to a layman? Yeah, I'm not orthodox karma, so yes, I would say it's super superstitious. Okay. Then we have a new kit man. His name is Will. He enters. Kit boy, really. He's he's very young. Okay. Um, With that haircut, yes, he does look very young. (laughs) The Jamie. The Jamie season one, episode 10 Apparently no barbers in Richmond. Will asked to have the day off. Because it's his mom's mom's birthday, yep. who, according to Nate, does not play on the team, so doesn't deserve any recognition. Yeah. Nate coming in hot. Yeah, Nate's like Trent Krim, man. He's coming in hot. Nate treats him poorly, right? Or is Nate treating him in the right way? I mean, that's debatable. And Nate's, I think, treating him how Nate was treated maybe previously, and maybe it's kind of rubbing off a little bit. But Nate is definitely very, very harsh. I guess we haven't seen enough. We haven't seen enough of that relationship. But they are painting it out to be that Nate is being, and there's other, we'll talk about it later yeah. on, where Nate is being a little bit of what the British would say, a prick. A prick, okay. And he makes some, what does he say? He's like, oh, you gotta, you gotta pressure him or oh, something. Oh, yeah, he's like, if pressure makes pearls. He's like, oh, wait, that's not right. It's, it's diamonds. <laughs> I screwed that up. Oh, I'm so sorry. And then I thought to myself, I was like, well, what's happening inside those clams that makes <laughs> pearls? Isn't that probably pressure, too? Oh, boy. Don't, don't like, ask me those kind of questions. You didn't know. research it? Oh, no. Oh, you've got time for the Dutch, but no time for pearls, huh? <laughs> then we're at Rebecca's office. And this, I felt like, was a scene that they needed for, like, trailers. And they needed for like reestablishing that the main characters are like bonding because mm-hmm. we have Rebecca Higgins, Keely is well established on that couch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Ted comes in, they're all having a cocktail. Yeah. I don't know, just the way it was like staged and the way it was shot. I was like, okay, this is like just establishing, Hey, everyone's getting along and we all hang out in Rebecca's office now. I think if we go back and rewatch season two trailer, I'm pretty sure like him coming into the room and everybody's screaming, Ted. Okay. I think that's literally in the trailer. So I think you're spot on. Okay. Thank you, Tom. Spot on was my nickname in high school. Don't don't explain why. Higgins makes some comment about, we had a bunch of food delivered from one of our rivals. Did you catch this? I yeah. didn't catch it until the second watch. The first time I heard it, he said, like, he's like, Ty. And he's like, oh, I just got it. 
but I thought it was like tied as in like a bunch of detergent. Okay, um, that's a different joke. It's a different joke. I mean, I think it still gets to the same thing. You and then like, when I put the subtitles on, I'm like, oh, Thai food. Oh, okay. you found a Tide commercial and wiggled its way into a Ted Lasso yeah. episode. Sure, why not? Keely, Rebecca, and Higgins are all having a cocktail. Ted comes in and he starts going into very quickly his rapid fire like jokes. Yeah. Which I know you're a huge fan. You, you heard fan it, right? Of. Like sometimes like if they do it too heavy or like they do it too much, you, you kind of hear it and it kind of takes me out a little bit. I still think they're very funny, um, but it takes me out like as often as they play it. I felt like, you know, I was like, you know what? I think Tom has ruined this for me <laughs> because so he brought this up and now we've ruined it for our <laughs> millions of listeners. <laughs> yep. You're 15, welcome. 15 million. 15 million divided by no, no, we're like the roy's retirement speech 15 million we'll get to it 15 we'll get to million it. okay um we discover that higgins is going to watch the empire strike back with his boys and he makes some comment about how it's going to be awkward <laughs> yeah with leia and luke kissing this is interesting because this is the second uh, star wars reference did you catch the first one yeah is, is so... when keely said like was i kind of set it up and uh he's like oh we gotta we gotta write something and, and uh ted is like oh don't fret boba fett so it it was interesting that they would do two Star Wars references in the same episode. Maybe yeah, it's because just, it's not that common of a of a show. Or I've reference. never seen it. I no, I've never. Seen I watched it. Phantom Menace, and that one was fantastic. Oh didn't, no, didn't care for the other ones. I I liked the one with Khan. Um, <laughs> so then we get into girl talk, and I do find sometimes with the show, I would like to establish I do enjoy the show. That's the reason I'm sitting here talking about you. We love the show. But there are times where Ted gets into something and they treat him like he's not a human. Like he's never <laughs> like he's never experienced this situation before. Yeah. So he's now watching girl talk or listening to girl talk. We find out that Rebecca has a new suitor mm -hmm. and that Keely and Rebecca are discussing it while Ted watches. <laughs> and he is like acting like he's never seen this happen before, which is fine. It's fine. And this opens us up to a double date with Roy and Keeley <laughs> and Rebecca and whoever this suitor is. Mm -hmm. We'll later find out his name is John, which is a great name. And we also discover that Roy is not coming to the games. Did you find this odd? Uh, no, not necessarily. I feel like when Roy... Well, I mean, we didn't know what Roy was going to do. Kind of starting into the season, and we knew he would still be around. Uh, Emmy winning Roy Kent or what's his name, Brett Goldstein? Brett Goldstein. Um, would be around, but we didn't know in what capacity. So it, it doesn't surprise me. Like, to me, this made me think of uh, Ricky Bobby, where he kept leaving, like, the tickets for his dad that would never come. <laughs> and um, the dad would scalp him. Yeah. The tickets would scalp him. I remember that scene. Oh, that's um, great. So that's what it kind of made me think of. But um, what I was, thought was interesting is, I was like, oh, like, the, they play it like, oh, why wouldn't Roy be showing up to... But then I thought, like, personally, like, to have a job you're so, like, intensely involved with, mm -hmm. and then, like, to be out of it, it would be tough to, like, watch it and not think, oh, I could, I could go back. Oh, like, I sure. could do it again. Or, yeah. like, I miss it. So, like, I think it's almost, maybe not, I mean, I would argue it's healthy. Like, if he feels like he's going to go to the games and the whole time he's just going to be like, I should be there. I should be playing. Yeah. I can live the dream again. Maybe it is better to just like clean break. But I don't think, I, I think you should talk to Ted at least. I found it surprising that they weren't seemingly communicating. Yeah. I mean, I went to my niece's softball game this weekend and I really wanted to get out there and take a couple hacks. I feel like I still got it. 
Listen, every time I go to my son's my son's football game, I'm like, I could throw this ball over that mountain. I could take these kids. If only coach would have put me in, we would have won state. And by that, I mean if coach knew I existed because I wasn't on the team in any way, shape, or hey, form. Hey, man, you kept that bench super warm. Oh, super warm. Uh, and we find out what is Roy doing in his retirement, Tom. <laughs> it cut, I love the way it cuts, too. It cuts to Roy just screaming. Bearded and, Roy. Yeah. He didn't have a beard before, right? He had stubble. Okay. This is, this is more of a legit beard. Um, but this is just, a retirement beard. Yes. Or a quarantine beard. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he's just screaming. And I knew it before they even cut. Like, oh, he's definitely screaming at kids. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then it cuts to him coaching uh, Phoebe's uh uh, under nine to soccer team. It's like they took a poll and they were like, hey, what about the show do you like the most? And everyone was like, oh, we love when Roy screams at children. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, all right, we'll start out the ep- or the season with that. So you can't call them bricks. Even if they're being bricks, you can't call them bricks. <laughs> yeah, that's a great moment. So Roy is coaching Phoebe's team. Uh, great moment. He's like, none of you like put out any effort <laughs> except for you. And there's a girl with an ice pack on her head. And she's all in. She's yeah. like, yes, coach, I'd do it again. It's a Roy in the making, for oh, sure. Oh, she's great. And then Keely uh, shows up. Just a funny bit here. She's like, hey, who wants uh, hot chocolate? And Roy raises his yep. hand. Like, very, like, it's just, like, almost robotic. Yeah. He's like, I do. Like, just a funny, like, I don't I don't know. As an actor, that's, like, a choice he made. But, yeah. like, just that was very funny to me. So. Then we're having hot chocolate on a bench next to, I can only assume, is the Thames. How hard is it to put liquid in a prop cup, Tom? <laughs> Have you ever noticed this when you're watching shows? How they like they, they drink, and they drink so quickly, and they put it up and down. Like... There's clearly no liquid in those cups. Or yeah. they set it down, and you can clearly hear like the hollow. Yeah. Because like, those those uh, styrofoam or foam... Uh, coffee paper coffee cup yeah. they like make a noise yeah and like there's just something the way a cup with liquid moves and one that doesn't and it drives me crazy <laughs> just put water in it yeah. like i know they've got to do a bunch of cuts they don't want to have a bunch of like hot chocolate or whatever like my only thought is like okay you don't want your actors having to constantly go to the bathroom if they're drinking water but i would also argue you could just put actors. the water up <laughs> they act but you could put the water up to your lips and not actually drink it and have it come back down. Like, it's one thing if you're drinking like a beer in a scene, like in a glass, because you can see the glass go up and down. That's challenging to keep it at the same level. Uh, but I 100% agree with you. It is a they weird trope. They can put a cup with water to their lips and not have any liquid enter <laughs> their mouth. I feel like there's an interview with, like, Marlon Brando. And he's like, <laughs> the only thing I couldn't do as an actor because I couldn't fake drink, so I had to drink every time. It's like, just put liquid in the cup. Drives me crazy. I would encourage everyone that listens to us, anytime you watch a show where someone has some sort of cup in their hand, think, is there liquid in that cup? Nine times out of ten, no liquid in that well, cup. And, well, nine times out of ten, you can answer yes or no, because it's apparently they cannot act pro- appropriately with empty cups. All right. I'll get off my water cup box or whatever the (laughs) heck i'm on right now we find out that phoebe is keeping a swear tab for roy which is brilliant (laughs) if she wants to go to college and have someone else pay for it we find that roy is excited to double date with rebecca and whoever this guy is not so much not so much what would you say roy enjoys in life if you could name the top three things uh yoga with middle-aged women okay um cursing at children cursing at children sure cursing uh, in general yep 
Um, and hating Jamie Tart. And hating Jamie. I, well, I, think he and I would assume we only saw him in his egg socks, but I'm assuming he has an affinity for all breakfast-related food socks. Okay. He probably gets a bacon socks. That's a great callback. Some hash brown socks. I would say runner-up is leather jackets. But oh, yeah. They Wait, then get. Have we confirmed he has leather jackets, or is this just his body hair? No, no, no. It's leather jackets. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, wasn't yeah. sure. I wasn't sure. No, I googled it. I have one ordered. It's coming in. We find out that he has been approached to be a football pundit, which he has some strong feelings about. Great rant from Roy yep. on uh, what his thoughts are on being a pundit. And I was like, oh, you're like, oh, you want Roy not to just like not do anything in retirement. Mm. And so, I don't know, part of you is like, oh, yeah, he should be a pundit. And then I thought, would Roy be a good pundit? And does the uh, does Britain have an FCC, which he would get fined for swearing on camera every time? So like Sky Sports that they recommend, I think that's more or less like the uh, English version or American version of like ESPN. Um, Espen, I'm es- familiar. Espen, yes, yes, yes. yes. I I looked this up. I'm like, because I know in general, like uh, British and English TV, like they're more open with you know, cursing. I think and like sexuality oh, really? on TV. Um, so I looked that up. Like, do they curse on Sky Sports? And they do not. Like the first thing I I uh, found was like Sky Sports recently sued for having commentator curse on air. Or oh wow. Okay. So yeah, I I don't I don't see him as a good pundit. Like he's obviously funny and entertaining, but not in a way like a pundit probably should be. And He's knowledgeable of the game, clearly, but uh, yeah, that didn't that didn't make sense. It makes sense from a writing perspective that you would just say, "Oh, he's a retired right. player or a, a sports star, so he should just go um, commentate." But uh, can you think of a modern day and and we can cut in some time here for you to give it some thought? But mm-hmm. can you think of a modern day athlete that putting them as a pundit, you would be like, "Oh no," or like the equivalent to a Roy, like. Say like a a, a keep to leave or something along those lines. <laughs> a keep to leave, yeah, he's pretty he's pretty awful. I would maybe say a uh, Eli Manning, also pretty awful. <laughs> <laughs> Eli Manning's fine. He gave two middle fingers to everyone on Monday night. That was great. I did not know that. Oh, you didn't know I did that was out. Oh, good for you. Yeah, go look it up. He got some flack for it. I just feel like Peyton is like the more because the, the Peyton and Eli are doing these Monday night football gigs where they're kind of commentating on it very awkwardly. Just that's just kind of more like a podcast style. They're just watching the game and just shooting the stuff while they're sure. watching. Uh, Eli just doesn't seem to be the personality that Peyton is. But uh, sure, I don't know. Do you have one in mind? Uh, I don't. We did just lose a lot of our audience talking about American football. Yeah, but they that's can get okay. a little bit of it. Uh, I'm sure you guys know who the Manning brothers are. We find that oh, Keeley. Didn't force Roy, but gave him the idea of doing a retirement press conference. Yeah, which I hope they film. I hope they play it. I was going to ask you: Do you think they're going to show it? They had like mentioned it multiple times this episode about how like impactful and great this press conference retirement speech was. I don't think they will, but I want them to. I think this is one of those things where if they showed it, we'd be disappointed. Like it would not. But if you talk about it in uh, abstentia, um, then. Is that the right word? I'll be going to go. Okay. Schroedenfreud, bro. Um, <laughs> and she makes a great point. She's like, 15 million people watch that. And he's like, oh, so. <laughs> 15 million people watching my, uh, like, the thing that I hated doing. Right. That makes it supposed to make me feel better. She's yeah. like, yeah, that's a fair point. 15 million people watching me be a knob, as he <laughs> says it. And then we find out how much money Phoebe is owed from Roy for all of his swearing. And what is the number? <laughs> 
It's twelve thirty-six. Does this have a, a? We'll get to it later, Tom. Okay. Okay. Twelve hundred thirty-six pounds on to. Uh, I love the way that Roy did this rant because he had seemingly thirty curse words in this rant that he did, and he's like out of breath by the time he gets to this last curse word, which I thought <laughs> is great. He had to get it out, but he was out of breath saying it. Yeah. When, oh, you're saying when he was didn't want to be a pundit, like yeah, he all yeah. the yeah yeah it was great. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Then we find ourselves back in what seems to be another game, but we find out it's Danny Rojas's dream. There's a cartoon dog as the <laughs> goalkeeper. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. <laughs> he immediately puts the ball into that cartoon dog's face, uh, wakes up and screams, football is deaf. Did you notice who Danny Rojas was with in that bed? I love this, like a throwaway thing. I mean... You can blink and you miss it kind of thing, but there's just two seemingly very attractive women on each side of his bed as he wakes up. Listen, I cannot imagine <laughs> sleeping in that situation. Like, what if you have to get up? Like, you're pinned in. It's no good. It's no good, Tom. I, I Yeah, okay. I, <laughs> I have different thoughts about that situation. <laughs> there's children that listen to this, Thomas. That's fine. All right. So... <laughs> then we're at biscuits with the boss and we uh ted is allowed once again ted is acting like he's never been in this situation before well i mean he's a guy like he probably doesn't get involved in girl talk very often or as we soon find out it's girl listen you've, you've never <laughs> girl, listen. you've never had to sit anyways i'm not gonna get into it but since Keeley's not there, Ted is a stand-in for Keeley mm-hmm. for Girl Talk. We find out that the suitor's name is... John Wings Night. And what is your favorite night of the week, Tom? Wings Night. Which is typically... Wednesday. Thursday. Is it Thursdays? I don't know. Uh, Tuesdays, actually. Like, Jake... What did he say? JP, JK something or other? J-Dub like a... something. Yeah. I don't know. JK Simmons Restaurant. So he makes fun of the guy's last name. Ted will not stop. Ted is, <laughs> Ted is relentless in his, like, firing of jokes. And this was the first moment I was like, oh, I understand why Michelle wanted that divorce oh, so brilliant. badly. Yes, yeah, see? So badly. See, I had points that I made. She it can be too much. Like, hey, does everything have to be a joke? Yes. No, I love Ted. I would be married to him. I would sleep in that bed forever. I was once told by someone... This is getting to the girl talk. Okay. I was once told by some, some, someone sometime, and I've held on to this, and I have not followed it. I've done this very poorly. <laughs> but a lot of times people tell you their problems, not to solve them, but just mm-hmm. because they would like to express them. Yeah. They're like sharing. And I think this is very good knowledge for, let's say, men. <laughs> yeah. Because as a dude... Our typical mindset is, you've told me a problem, I'm going to tell you how to solve it. Yeah. And, like, that person probably knows how to solve it, but Mm -hmm. what they're doing is just 
expressing. Yeah, they're venting. They want to. They want a soundboard, and yeah, for sure. Like the last thing I want to hear is just like somebody just telling them, "Oh, it's just simple. Just do this, yeah. this, and this, and and boom, all your problems are solved." Exactly. So, as Ted was having this conversation, Rebecca, that's what I thought about. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes it's just listen, let them vent. You don't need to give them advice. You need to, don't need to tell them how to solve yeah. it. So. That's where my mind went. Uh, you can write that advice down or send it to the White House. It doesn't matter. <laughs> then we're back training on the pitch. And what can't Danny do, Tom? Danny cannot, seemingly not only can he not make a penalty kick, but he just can't kick at all. <laughs> try, to, try to give him a corner. He can't, he, can't keep, he can't keep his feet. Like, yeah. He kicks the ball and falls down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, so... <laughs> Danny can't make a kick. Jan, Jan, Jan? Just say Jan. Jan the Dutchman says, he's awesome. He goes, <laughs> wow, it's like we're watching the end of someone, someone's career. He's just being honest. And Sam's like, not now. <laughs> yeah, Sam's response right away. <laughs> and then we have this weird walk and talk. I felt it was weird. Did you feel it was weird? It was this weird like walk and talk of, Ted and his aviators mm-hmm. walking with Danny, mm-hmm. beard trailing. And I was like, what does this remind me of? It was like either a callback to something. I know we like to make fun of like the Sorkin walk and talk. Yep. But it was, I don't know. I was like, what are they doing right now? Did you have something specific it reminded you of? It didn't, no. Okay. Because when you said, like, does it remind you of something? Like, my mind goes to like Caddyshack when like uh, Danny the caddy is walking down the after Chevy Chase kind of hits his drive, they're kind of walking down. They're kind of doing the same thing, a little sure. walk and talk. Uh, Chevy Chase, like um, Danny the caddy, is looking for career or life advice. Like, hey, what do you do next? Or what do you do next in your life? Chevy Chase is like, uh, he's like, I don't really know. Uh, uh, do you take drugs? He responds, oh, yes, every day. He's like, what? <laughs> then what's the problem? <laughs> I've never seen Caddyshack, Tom. Oh, man. That's a little, that's got hopefully a lie. They, it's not a lie. Oh they gosh. have a moment where they're talking about Tom Cruise and tiny ponytails. We have a joke about Magnolia, which I've also never seen. Another that. uh, 80s comedy classic, I'm assuming. Is it a comedy? Right up there with Caddyshack. And then uh, The Last Samurai, which I did see. I did mm-hmm. see The Last Samurai. And I probably should see those two other movies before watching Last Samurai again. Last Samurai is a fantastic film. Okay. A lot of small ponytails. A lot of cultural appropriation, but fun fun movie. Ted gives Danny a speech, expecting him to snap out of his funk. In order to get him out of his funk, he wants to do corner kicks, mm-hmm. and he calls for... The Midnight Poutine. <laughs> the Midnight Poutine, which did you remember this was a trick play yeah. that they had brought up? It was Zoro's uh, recommendation. And Beard was like, not dirty, but very Canadian or very French. Oh, well, maybe it is. French school is called French Canadian. Okay. Do you know what poutine is? I don't know. It's like a food. It is a food, Tom. (laughs) Good answer. (laughs) Danny then kicks. Wait, wait, do you want to elaborate? What is it? No, no, no. You answered the question. Okay. Poutine is a food. (laughs) We move on. That's how this works. Okay. Danny then kicks the ball into Ted. Which you can just see it, like as the oh, setup's going, they 100%. telegraph it. I assume uh, it would have hit Ted's face, though. He got him just kind of right in the butt. Oh, you didn't, you didn't get, you wanted him to get hit in the head, just like Earl the Greyhound. Oh, huh? I assumed that was what they were doing. <laughs> so then we are. So clearly, we've established that Rojas isn't getting better, despite Ted's best efforts about yeah. talking about mm-hmm. Tom Cruise. 
<laughs> then we're with the Diamond Dogs back in Ted's office. Uh, Ted is like talking about not being able to help Danny. He's stumped. He and Nate has this great line, which once again, part of me really relates to Nate <laughs> in this episode. He goes, if Danny needs motivation, we could always show him his GD paycheck, <laughs> which is great. But everyone looks at Nate like he's being a little bit harsh. But when you're probably being paid millions of dollars to play a game, maybe that is the motivation you need. Hey, like, we're paying you to do this. Yeah, Nate and Keeley are probably on the same page here. Yeah. Wait, Nate and Keeley? Yeah, because Keeley's like, oh, I get paid all this money to play a game. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. Good call back. <laughs> So I am appreciating the aggressive version of Nate is what I'm bringing up. And then Beard writes something on the board. What does he write up on the board that he thinks is uh, Rojas's issue? I don't know. Should I say it out loud? You should say it out loud. He writes the yips. The yips. Had you heard this phrase before, Tom? Oh, 100%. I, when I hear the yips, I think, I think like golf. They, I thought they would mention, well, they kind of mentioned golf and Charles, Charles Barkley. Barkley sure. Charles, like, Charles Barkley playing golf. I'm sorry. It's a British show, Sir Charles Barkley. <laughs> okay, yeah. When Sir Charles Barkley is playing golf poorly, to say he is the yips, I, that's, that's doing a disservice to the phrase the yips. It's doing a disservice to golf. <laughs> yeah. And one Charles Barkley's a basketball player. Yeah. So he didn't get yips playing basketball. He's just a poor... Yeah. yeah. It doesn't make sense. Like, to me, the yips is like, a go golfers get this, like where they seemingly, like, they keep um, slicing the ball or they keep topping the ball or something like sure. that. And it's just because, like, they just... Like like Beard mentions, like they they can't do what like the basic fundamentals of a sport that they clearly know how to play very very well at a high level. Right now, I had not I'd heard of the yips, but the whole like you're not supposed to say it out loud. I'd never really heard the not say it out loud. I more associate with someone like pitching a perfect game. Yeah, like you're not supposed to talk about that if a pitcher's on fire. Mm -hmm. If you don't bring it up, you don't jinx it. But had you heard that about the yips? Like, you're not supposed to say it out loud? Yeah. You're I... just supposed to ignore someone playing poorly? <laughs> well, I think the idea is you ignore it when it first starts to happen. Because the, the second you mention yips to somebody that's kind of starting to have them, then it gets in their head and it doesn't make it any better. Mm. It, it, mm. It, it makes the problem worse. Is it called the yips because that's the sound a dog makes when a soccer ball hits it in the head? Oh, God. I hope not. You're welcome. I think it's just like, yip. Like, I don't know, you throw the ball, right? gone. It's like, yips. One of Ta uh, one of Ted's, not Tom's, one of Ted's like jokes is, or not like joke, but he says, you're not supposed to say the yips out loud, like <laughs> Macbeth in a theater, or Voldemort at Hogwarts, or soccer in England, <laughs> was a good... which was a great line. <laughs> Higgins brings up, what do you think about therapy, Ted? <laughs> and Ted's line is, he's like, how do you feel about therapy? And he goes, well, I have a general apprehension and a modest midwestern skepticism which i know what a modern midwestern skepticism is i can't define it but i know it when i see it yeah. much like uh congress and pornography <laughs> like when he said that a modest midwestern skepticism i was like oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i've got it that's great ted is clearly against this he does the whole they're like what do you think he asks everyone else in the room everyone else is the diamond dogs are on board yep and then he does the whole, yeah, you kind of come across the room, you get to first place, you got uh, our first first base, uh, Beard is on oh, board. baseball you go analogies. To Higgins. Oh, wow. It's a diamond, man. And you sure. get to Higgins, and Higgins kind of giving his nod, and then uh, you get to third base, we're, we're rounding the plate. Uh, you get uh, Nate also giving the heads up. Uh, you get to you get to home plate, and Ted's just does some very, very brilliant acting. Oh, he's great. Here, with his little shaking of the head, and then when he finally eventually says yes, 
He's shaking his head no. No, right. <laughs> That's a difficult thing to do. I don't know <laughs> yeah. if you've ever said yes to something while shaking oh, your no, head no. It's very difficult. Very nice. I think I did it wrong. <laughs> 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 then we find ourselves on the double date with John, Rebecca, John Wingsnight, Rebecca, mm -hmm. Keeley, and Roy. And John is telling a story about almost beating up Martin Short, which is funny. Uh, and the only reason Martin Short is like in my current world is because I'm watching that uh, Only Murders in the Building show, uh, which he's in. And, right uh, you know, love Martin Short. He was great on Arrested Development. I don't hate John. I don't know if we're supposed to dislike John or if we're just supposed to think he's fine during this. Did you like John? Did you care for John? No, I think exactly what Roy says here in a bit. Like, he's he's fine. He's not bad. He's not like he's fine he's just like he's giving these little anecdotes in here which is probably a guy on a date trying to impress his sure. uh, uh impress his he's date. name name dropping that's for sure yeah. which no one really enjoys but he also brings up that he is mad about football which was a great uh abc show with <laughs> paul riser and i don't remember her name funny huh sure and that's not her name isn't it is it no, Bunny Hunt's her sister. Helen Hunt. Wow, I went to her sister first. I don't think we're right on no, either I of those. No, I am 100% right. It's Helen Hunt okay. is the, the main Paul actress in Mad About You. And right. Bonnie Hunt is her sister. And, and they were mad about football. He, Roy says the phrase, oh, who do you support? Is that a common, like, who are you a fan of? Who yeah. do you support? Is You're that how they ask? Yeah, like when you, like, fans in uh, America, it's supporters in England. Okay. So he says he supports whatever club is winning, Manchester City and Manchester United. I have got to think that that's like, oh, I'm a Yankees fan or I'm a Red Sox fan, depending on who's winning. Is yeah. that like the equivalent? I mean, I would maybe go like New York Giants versus New York Jets, like because they have to be like literally in the same place. Yeah, no one's ever a Jets fan. <laughs> yeah, as a beard mentioned a little bit later. Because um, like Manchester City, Manchester United, like they're both in the city of Manchester. So I think it's that that kind of deal like boston and new york i think has a different dynamic but i think this is the the show kind of like telling giving roy that that uh, runway of kind of saying yeah he's fine like a, like a guy not, that's gonna flip he's not self-aware enough to know that saying that makes him a knob yeah yeah which even as a american <laughs> clearly an american i know when someone says that i'm like oh this they're trying to make this guy a knob yeah and he's, at that point, you can't say he's a mad football fan. Like, you know, you maybe right. you enjoy the game, but you're clearly not a, a good supporter. Right. And then John says something to Roy. We've already established Roy's not interested in talking about his retirement speech. And John says, your retirement speech was amazing. It's the first email my father has forwarded to me in the last <laughs> five years that wasn't about the scourge of immigration. <laughs> <laughs> which is great it reminds me of when roy's like yeah my dad's in his 60s and is from south london of course he's a little bit racist oh yeah that's great it's a good call back there i didn't recognize that and then keely brings up which i don't think i really appreciated because it's just not something like as a couple you want to bring out into the open in a situation like this and she apologizes for it later but she really brings up she's like oh he's got an offer to be a pundit which he's already expressed how much he doesn't <laughs> he, want to he do. It, yeah. I think Keely's just trying to get, like, allow Roy to see other people's opinions. Like, you know, like, uh, Rebecca would be on board with it. Or seemingly this random fan was like, yeah, that'd be a great idea. Yeah, I don't think Roy's going to give two poops about <laughs> John's opinion. Maybe Rebecca's, but yeah. not John's. And this whole time, 
Roy is uh, harassing waiters. Yeah, why won't, why won't people give Roy a drink? I don't He know. tried multiple times. They had to eventually grab, which was very aggressive. He had to grab this waiter's arm, which I think was a little much. But uh, yeah, I don't know why they weren't uh, giving Roy a drink. I feel like uh, Roy's the guy that gets two drinks at him, and he's probably punching waiters. So <laughs> maybe the waiters know. Listen, man, if you got to have a, uh, a double date with this John character, I don't know. I might be drinking too. And it's not on Wings Night. Yeah. I thought John was fine. I didn't have any issue with John. Hey, listen. So does Roy. Roy thinks he's fine as well. Roy does think he's fine. Super fine. So then we find ourselves at the pub with Ted and Beard. Start off by remembering the dog. Yeah, I think, do? yeah, they, they sit down. They, they kind of do a little remembrance. They give a cheers. They do what they did on the bench in the uh, first season where they... They cheers each other. They they clink their drinks and then they pop them on the table. They kind of cheers table. everybody else that's not not there. So it's a good little call. Very cool visual. And there's some great rhyming. <laughs> I didn't write it down. I should have. That's good. But he's like, hey, can I for talk to you for a minute? Forget about my meal for I can't rhyme minute with minute, but <laughs> it was good. It I, was it yeah, was great. I didn't write it down. Either. And then we go into some. Ted starts to talk about, hey, you know. If I can be honest, I have issues with bringing a therapist in to mm -hmm. try and solve Rojas's problems. Mm -hmm. They bring up the Gin Blossoms. Yeah, which is a local Arizona band where we record this podcast. So that was kind of a fun little uh, I am, nod. I am well aware. If you've never listened to the Gin Blossoms, they're a very good time. Mm -hmm. He brings up, Beard brings up, hey, Jealousy, also follow you down. What's your favorite? I don't think my favorite is either of those, but I couldn't name my favorite. I know I heard those and I was like, oh, those are good. But like that whole album's great. The one that those come from. Okay. I don't know. Golly, I hope they don't come from different albums. <laughs> I'm going to look like a real knob. Yeah, you're good. I yeah. go follow you down. That's probably my favorite. Which one plays when Matthew McConaughey is chasing down Kate Hudson and 10... Uh, no. 10 ways to lose a guy you're you're asking the wrong guy and i don't think that's the name of the movie 10 10 reasons to hate a guy in new york it's i ten, think it's called <laughs> 10 things i hate about you not 10 things i hate about you no. how to lose a guy in 10 days in 10 days failure to launch no not failure to launch although maddie mcconaughey is in all those all right oh. <laughs> good for you <laughs> We find out that Ted does not trust therapists, and he does not trust therapists because when him and Michelle went to see a therapist, he felt like he was just being set up by someone who was going to tell him all the things that were wrong. The therapist was, if you'll recall, is the one that suggested they get distance from each other, mm -hmm. and now they're divorced. So I'm with Ted on this. All therapists are bad. <laughs> I think it's a fair assumption from Ted's perspective, but it certainly doesn't align with Ted's kind of motto about, you know, like, like what Beard eventually mentions here about, you know, all people are different people. So being curious and not necessarily judging people or, or putting all therapists in a, in a bubble and saying they're all the exact same is not what we've seen from Ted. So it's interesting that he goes there, but it is understandable that he, he, he his mind goes there. Good point. Way to bring back the be curious, not judgmental. Mm -hmm. I did, I did like it. And, uh, Beard's example to him is, do you remember what you said when I said I would not date that cruise dancer? I'd not <laughs> date another dancer from a cruise line or whatever it is. And he ends the scene by like taking his drinks like, uh, like, oh, you still dating dancers? He's like, yeah, I'm still dating dancers. Too many. Too many. <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure what he's implying there, but it is comical. Be a tough gig dating someone on a cruise line. They're gone a lot. Well, but he said specifically dancers. Cruise dancers, yeah, I would imagine it'd be difficult. But he says too many dancers. 
Maybe he goes on a lot of cruises. Maybe maybe exotic know. dancers. We don't know. Then we're ooh, good point. Good point. Then we find ourselves at the end of the double date. John and Rebecca do their good night. Then Rebecca goes back to essentially Keely and Roy mm-hmm. for some sort of approval. John understands, like, hey, this is I'm meeting your friends to see if they yeah. give the seal of approval. Uh, Keely says he's a good match. She says he's a good match. Why, Tom? Yeah, it's like she's like she's age appropriate. She's financially appropriate. Like he's a good match. Like, what was your thoughts on that? Like, is she kind of like implying, like you need to be in the same financial tax bracket? I think she's protective of her rich friend okay. that he is not someone that is just like liking her for her money. Okay. So if they are at the same financial level then, you know, he is obviously has some other reasons for being into Rebecca as opposed to just And they kind the of money. do that very, I think, very wisely in the show. Like, they have him get in his car when he leaves, and they have him get in, like, the back seat of his car. It's like a Bentley or something, and the guy right. opens up the car door for him to go in the back, which kind of tells you, okay, this guy's not driving a Toyota or whatever down the road. Right. He's certainly well off. But I just thought that was kind of weird the way they put that. But the way you said that, I think that certainly makes sense. I was waiting for them to cut back and him to like get out of the back seat and then <laughs> yeah. move to the front seat. And that's be like, oh he's got he like a nice style car. Drive. And then he gets in on the left side and we're like, oh he's an Whoa. American too. <laughs> Roy has some strong opinions about this gentleman. It sure does. His opinions are pretty close to mine. He thinks John's fine. And he says, you deserve someone who feels like you've been struck by lightning. Don't settle for fine. Mm -hmm. Not that it's any of my business. (laughs) Not that it's any of my business. He very strongly feels, don't settle for fine. And I thought to myself, is this true? I, I mean, what's wrong with like steady, reliable, you know, no drama? I'm not saying you don't have to like dream or like, like be like romantically swept off your feet but i don't feel like they're giving this guy much of a chance that they're uh, i don't know did he not do enough like magic tricks did he not <laughs> like i i don't know what what roy is looking for that this guy is just like fine like maybe she needs just like steady and reliable yeah i mean sure uh i think that's fair i think you're gonna get in trouble probably with your wife for just saying that you would just settle no, 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 no. My <laughs> argument is like, maybe my wife listens to this and she's like, oh, yeah, I wasn't struck by lightning. And so, like, I want her to realize that, like, steady, <laughs> oh, like, okay. reliable, you're going, you're going from your average, like, maybe he naps a lot on Sundays. <laughs> maybe he doesn't, you know, do all of the chores that she wants him to do. No, I think Roy's certainly taking a more like realistic approach to like, I, I imagine just kind of dating in general, like it doesn't have to be like, there's a massive spark. Like I feel like movies he do says this struck by bleeping lightning. He Tom. Does. But like, like movies and TV, they, they do this so much. We're like, you know, people get swept off their feet and it's all fairy tales and that kind of stuff. And it like, it's I feel like that's real what he's life. arguing yeah, for. No. And that's what I'm saying. I, I think that he's kind of, he's being more realistic in this, which I think is, is a fair point. Like it's not always, you know, knight in shining armor kind of situations. Right. It should just be two average boring people <laughs> signing a document that says they're going to live together until they die. And then they die. Like, that's what it is. <laughs> and then they get hit by a soccer ball. And then they get hit in the face by a soccer ball. 
Say one thing about Logan Nine Fingers, Tom. You got to be realistic. You got to wow. be realistic about love. I love it, man. Good call. All right, then we find ourselves back in Ted's office with Nate and Beard. They are playing a game of paper ball, which <laughs> seemed super fun. <laughs> Seems like a game you have played a lot in your life. Maybe not with another person, but alone, just hitting the ball back and forth. I don't know if I have. Like, I've, like, laid on my back and I throw a football up and down a bunch of times, but actually, like, patting a paper ball. And, like, their record is very impressive. That seems like a lot to hit the ball back and forth without it falling. It is a lot. The game that I find myself playing when I'm with a group of people that are super bored is can how close can we throw a rock to that other rock? Have you ever played this game? I guess I have. Let's just say I've spent some time with people in like desert environments and you're bored out of your mind and you're like, oh, you see that rock? Let's see who can throw closest to that rock. Why not like a tree? I guess we live in a desert, so we have less trees. Yes, desert specific. <laughs> so then we find ourselves introduced to uh, the therapist that's going to, the sports therapist that's going to join the team. Her name is Dr. Sharon Fieldstone. It's a great uh, psychiatrist. It is a great name. Played by Sarah Niles. Ted decides he's, I don't know if this is nerves or what, but he does a greeting song. How did you feel about this greeting song, it was, Tom? It was weird. Like, would, would bizarre? First... Would you describe it as bizarre? <laughs> bizarre is a fantastic word for it. When he first stood up and like started doing this little dance sequence, I'm like, oh, okay, this is just Ted being silly and trying to break the ice, uh, whatever, with her. But then when like Nate and Beard seemingly like jump in and like they're all part of it and they kind of end the dance by like clapping at the same time or kind of closing it out, seemingly they've done this multiple times to other people. Every time they meet a new person <laughs> yeah. in that office, they've done this song. This is their their, their shtick. So then we have the trope of the humorless lady doctor who shows up. <laughs> she starts asking Ted questions, and she does not care about saying the yips out loud. Yeah, and then Ted more or less is just explaining like what superstition is, because she's like, oh, the yips, like, oh, this is the second weird thing that you guys have done. Like, tell me about it. And Ted has to explain why, you know, why that's an issue and why they are superstitious. So then Higgins gives up his office because she's like, oh, where should I hold my sessions? Higgins gives up his office, which I don't know if that's Higgins just not wanting to work or what, but he gives up his office. It's very funny. She asks them what the paperball record is. And the record is? 1236? 1,236, which is a callback to? To Roy's cursing amount that he owes Phoebe? Roy's cursing amount why in the heck's name did they, tie those they use together? the same number i'm gonna tell you a story tom i googled this okay i was like hey why is this number important to ted lasso i find myself on a website called reddit reddit okay i believe it's french and someone was like oh it's because that's how much money was like negative in jason sukdakis's balance when he got picked up for SNL. And it's like, here's the source. And so I clicked on the source. I was like, oh, that's an interesting story. Oh, we just click on a random link on Reddit. Tom, do you know what Rickrolling is? <laughs> oh, you got Rickrolled? <laughs> got Rickrolled, Tom. <laughs> um, Rickrolled is? Uh, it's when you, uh, you seemingly get told to do one thing. You assume you're going to learn something. And lo and behold, here comes Riss Ackley, or Riss, Rick, Rick Astley just saying, never going to give you up. 
uh, right to your face. And it is a little music video, oh, classic man. 80s music video. Yeah, no, I'm not proud. I'm not <laughs> proud, nor am I happy. But that's what happened to me. So you got rickrolled by the internet. I got rickrolled by the internet. First time. <laughs> won't, be, I would, won't be the last. Every time I would, I would watch that video, it would be on purpose for me. But this time, <laughs> involuntary, without consent. Uh, so there's nothing else to it. Did you look anymore? It's like I got rolled up. Yeah, I was, I was, I was gunshot. Let's say I was internet gunshot. <laughs> so we don't, that. we don't know if this uh, one thousand two hundred thirty-six dollars is actually what Sadekas had in his bank account. We no, Can we, we speculate. We don't know. We're gonna assume it's accurate. Okay, fair. <laughs> she leaves. Doctor Sharon Fieldstone leaves, and Beard's delivery of. She seems fun. <laughs> was so good as he watches her kind of leave. Right. Sure she can't hear. Uh, and yeah, the whole but... the whole thing during that scene is like they're trying to make jokes and like do things, and she just seems very like straight laced, yeah, humorless, and um, maybe we'll... Ted's like gonna rub off on her, and maybe she'll be more comical moving forward. I it mean, is odd that she would just be so like stone faced during all of this. She figured right. she'd be polite and and giggle. Yeah, we all polite laugh at people's jokes. You do it during this podcast. <laughs> um, right there. there you go, and. I think, I guess my thought was, I think, and my thought was, that, <laughs> you're welcome. That was another sport giggle. We no longer have Rebecca as a foil. So, like, we need to bring someone in as a foil. Yeah. So, my thought is maybe she is, you know, the conflict in the show. Because mm -hmm. as much as I would love to lo watch a well-oiled uh, AFC Richmond, Ted Lasso, like, them just getting along, TV shows need conflict. Yeah. So, they brought her in for conflict. Yeah. So then Danny Rojas has a session with her. She is moving in on Ted's uh, emotional support turf mm -hmm. is what I took because he brings Rojas up and he's like, hey, do you want me to stick around? She's like, no. Yeah. She ushers him out. That was a good call out too because like, I think when I was watching this, I always just thought this is just Ted's distrust in therapists and, and therapy. So that's why he's upset why this is working. But like, I think it is deeper than that. I think it's Ted's, he's seeing his philosophy is not, like all encompassing, like it's not going to solve every situation like it seemingly did in season one. Um, he can't just tell Danny, hey, you know, be less like uh, Tom Cruise with a ponytail and sure. you're going to be good to go. Um, so I, I thought it was a very interesting dynamic and I'm very interested to see where they take it during this season. I'm assuming she's going to be a prom prom promising character. Right. right. And as you've pointed out, like Ted is not like the technical soccer guru. Yeah. So like as a coach, all he's got is the emotional support mm -hmm. like the motivation side yep he's the player's coach yeah. he's not like the he's technician so then we're at lunch with john and rebecca she says something after looking at all the people in the cafe she's <laughs> like oh i need to be brave enough to let someone wonderful love me i need to be vulnerable without fear of being safe and she goes into all this and John's like, oh, you're breaking up with me. And I was like, how'd you get that out of that weird yeah. diatribe she's gone on? I was confused, but I'm me and I get confused very often. <laughs> it was a weird diatribe for her to go in. She was seemingly like zoning out. So, like she almost didn't realize he was still there and just kind of stream of consciousness, just kind of spat all this out. Um, it was very nice of her at the end to say, hey, I'll buy your coffee. Oh, <laughs> did she offer that? <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh, um. I'll get the coffee. All I know is that every conversation with these people ends with cheers. So it just seems like a fun time. I like John. I hope he stays around for the rest of the season. <laughs> then we find ourselves back at training. Danny Rojas comes in and he asks the coaches, may I join the drill? He comes back in like 
like how we first were introduced to Danny Rojas. Uh, He's like, Danny Rojas, Rojas, Danny Rojas. Football is life. He's rejuvenated. Yep. The doctor is watching from the stands. There's this funny moment where Ted waves at her. <laughs> she doesn't wave back. Ted's like, oh, she probably didn't see me. And she saw you. She, she saw you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when Roy called Ted like Ronald McDonald or something. Or duck, and he turned to Beard and he's like, are you going to let him call you that? Beard's like, I don't think he was talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> and Danny makes his corner kick. Tom, how difficult is it to make a corner kick? Um, I mean, it's definitely not an easy shot, but with the amount of like bend and curve players can can put on the ball, it's not unheard of. I think what's more unheard of is the lousy defending and goalkeeping that's going on in this sequence. You don't feel like the goalkeeper should be back there in that corner to protect. Sometimes goal goalkeeping can get difficult on corner kicks because if you got so many guys in the box, like you can't take that step back, you can't get a good jump. So, I mean. It's fair, but yeah, all these guys are maybe they're playing it up a little bit. Maybe they're letting Danny's ball sure. go through to be able to give him that. But it was a an incredible kick for sure. Sure. So very quickly we discover that Danny is cured. Whatever was <laughs> wrong with him, cured. Made so, a corner kick. The assumption is she's doping, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> she's decided that he needs performance enhancing drugs. She has a syringe. She's given him that syringe and now he's just kicking a thousand. Football's life. Football's so, life. So steroids. steroids. <laughs> Danny oh, tells the coaches that Dr. Sharon's incredible. Ted's like, hey, what did she do? And he's like, well, she told me that football's life. Football is also death. Football is football. <laughs> but mostly football is life. But mostly football is life. I think she just gave Danny perspective on like, yes, football is life. It's a part of your life. but so like death is also a part of life football's you know like just kind of like more or less dissecting danny's kind of you know phrase of football i didn't read into it much my thought was just okay ted is going to feel insecure about this because someone else has solved a problem and during this exchange beard is reading a book yeah he's reading uh, the greatness which is the underscore is the the quest for sporting perfection by matthew syed i believe is how you pronounce sure, it yeah um matt, but, matt syed sure yeah well, well, well friends call him matty but you know sure um, it's a christian name but, but i just love it it's kind of a throwaway thing and it's just uh, beard trying to do more of what he does is how do i become the perfect coach sure sure <laughs> and then ted's like oh i'm gonna Go say, you know, thank you to Dr. Sharon. Mm-hmm. Beard's like, oh, it's the least you can do. He gets up there. She's in session. Out comes our boy Colin in what might be the fluffiest vest <laughs> that yeah. anyone's ever worn. It's like a cloud. Yeah. And then Zorro goes in. I believe it's Zorro, right? Yeah, yeah, Zorro. And she speaks to Zorro in... Yeah, she speaks French, seemingly. And she speaks to Danny in Spanish, I think, yeah. right? So she's obviously... Like very talented at what she does like speaking in the native tongue when you're doing uh therapy i imagine is is very helpful for um right the... your your native tongue yep. i think it's interesting that ted then seems like apprehensive do you think it's because he's like oh no in order to be on her level i have to learn two new languages <laughs> i don't think ted's gonna learn another language at this point he can barely handle uh english yeah just like uh british phrases <laughs> the boot the boot the boot like (laughs) he can barely get down the british slang oh no then we have roy on the phone with keely 
Keely does apologize about, hey, she's like, I apologize for bringing the pundit job up. Um, and Roy is watching a show called <laughs> Lust Conquers All. <laughs> Lust Conquers All, which I'm assuming is a spoof on some sort of British reality TV show. Yeah. What would be... I don't know. I, I'll be Too honest. Too Hot to Handle? Is that a British reality show? I was show? just going to say, like, there's some guilty pleasure shows. Me and my wife have watched, we're not happy or proud to admit, but we've watched the Too Hot to Handle, and they are they are a blast. I thought you guys did a podcast about that show. What do you mean you're not proud about it? <laughs> we should actually probably do a podcast on it. And Jamie fits right into this crowd. Oh, yeah, we find out. <laughs> all, there's the, all the women, and then Roy is sitting there. They're all having some vino, and... Uh, who is on the cast of Love Conquers All? <laughs> but boom, Jamie Tart shows up, like much to Roy's chagrin. He just kind of sees it, but yet all the uh, the middle-aged women yoga ladies that he's with are like super excited, like, oh, he's great. Yeah. Um, but uh, Jamie's line is just so fantastic. He's like, you know, I'm the island's top scorer, sexually. <laughs> <laughs> Don't kick me off, I'm the top scorer. What I always find funny is those shows, they've got to have both sexes in bathing suits. Yeah. Bathing suits, not the most uh, material, we'll say. <laughs> but all these people have to wear microphones. Yeah. So in the end, they have like bathing suits and then just these weird wires that they're wearing. And so Jamie has got like all these straps <laughs> running across him yeah. to hold his microphone. And so all the yoga women love Jamie and this perturbs Roy. Yeah. Although I think Roy does get some pleasure out of watching Jamie. I couldn't make a... tell. Yeah. Was he like upset seeing Jamie on the TV? Was he happy like that? He's seemingly making a fool of himself. He asked for more Rosé. <laughs> right. I think he's happy that Jamie is making a fool out of himself. He is a little bit perturbed that these women all like Jamie because he knows that Jamie is a knob. Yeah. So... But we, there you have it. Episode episode one, season episode two. Episode one, season two. Are you... Was it better than you thought? Was it worse than you thought? I mean, was it, did it carry along in the vein of season one? Listen, the first five minutes was not my favorite five minutes of television, if, I, if I'm being honest. I, I think there was other ways they could have given uh, Rojas the yips than is what that, they did. Is that because your favorite movie is Old Yeller and you were upset that they tried to top Old Yeller? Uh, yeah, that and I have a tendency to hit people in the face with balls on accident. <laughs> so true. <laughs> it's 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 All not my something. Children I, have been hit yeah, by you. It's not something I'm proud of, but it happens. Um, uh, it's just, it was just odd. I I don't like the decision. I I like what they did. I like the framework they laid out for this season with. Um, you know, again, we call her foil, but it's just like the antagonist maybe of the season with the... Um... She's not even an antagonist, really. Yeah, it's just, just like an opposing view from Ted. Yes, I, I think that could be an interesting thing to to explore. I'm not sure if they will. They kind of mentioned that that was like her last day there. So this could be a one and done and just makes Ted think. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, I'm still in it. I still love this show. Like we have our small gripes, but um, the, the, the comedy is still there. I, I love my boy, Nate. Um, the Diamond Dogs are still at it. And, and Beard still has his little... Um, little quips that are that are great. I love continuing to see a, uh, Rebecca kind of grow and and moving on from uh, Rupert. I'm glad Rupert seemingly is not the main foil in the second season. Uh, we I've mentioned multiple times how much we have a distaste for Rupert, so I'm glad they're going in a different direction there too. I hope he comes back. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I enjoyed it. Liked seeing all of our favorite characters come back. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that they brought Jamie back at the end, which yeah, lets you know, you know, he's going to be coming back for some of the season in, in some way, shape, or form. Um, so I'm excited. We appreciate all of you that are listening. 
If you have questions, gripes, or complaints, you can reach us at... Uh, you can reach us at teambingepodcast at gmail.com. And uh, then on Twitter, you can reach us at... Just directly at Team Binge. And then we also have a Facebook page. We do have a Facebook page. Is that what it's called, a Facebook page? Yeah, I think so. Something okay. like that. Uh, at Team Binge. So if that's your preferred social media, feel free to reach out to us uh, there. Uh, we're not incredibly active on it, but if you reach out to us, we will absolutely reply and, and start the conversation. We always appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we'll continue watching the show we love and, and have fun with you guys. Thanks for joining us for episode one, season two. We'll see you next week for episode two, Tom, uh, which is, drumroll please, called uh, Nate's Bananas. Nate's Bananas. This one's like mature rating, so <laughs> be ready for it. Bye, guys. Adios.